Welcome back to my dad's podcast, season two, My Blackest Challenge National. Follow him on Twitter or Instagram. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye! back what's up what's happening welcome to season two of my black is transnational my name is dr kalechi ebay lamberts i am your host and i just want to say that it's been a great summer break but i'm so glad to be back here on the microphone to to bring you another season of what i love to do of my passion uh, focusing on blackness social justice and, and health and transnationalism most importantly um if this is your first time listening to my black is transnational uh, I'll give you a quick overview of what this show is about. Uh, this show really focuses on the most important concept of blackness, but also our interconnectivity, not just um, you know with other racial groups, but also interracially between black immigrants and Native African Americans. But we also focus on the concept of transnationalism and the ability to be able to establish connections between multiple nations and being able to travel back and forth between two countries, being acculturated in both nations and, and really having these strong ties to these nations that allow you to create a bridge that goes back and forth. And how does this multiple nation, multinational, I should say, connection impact our lives and impact our abilities to interact with those who look like us and those who don't look like us? And how does our cultural preservation um, help us strengthen our cultural identities and our cultural practices that are passed on from generation to generation. So I, I am a researcher. I am a, a professor, but I really try to take my passion in this research and I try to translate it into layman's terms, but also for day-to-day people who, who don't do what I do. And I like to have these conversations with y'all because you all are just as much as experts as I am, because you all live the experiences just as much as I do. And the focus of this season, in particular, not to go too much on a tangent, but the focus of this season more than last season is not just to have the the special guests that are researchers and scholars and all that that we used that we did. And, and that's cool. We're gonna continue to do that. But we're gonna build on that because I really want to focus on on you all, on the day-to-day practices, the day-to-day lived experience. We are just as capable of being educated and learning and becoming better just by sharing our lived experiences, um, especially when it comes to this concept of being multinational, being bicultural. And, and, and living in these two worlds and, and, and our experiences can help us just learn how we can be better to each other, uh, how we can understand each other a little bit more and how we can be able to reconnect back to our roots, to our native homeland, where that we can become an institution that's formidable. Uh, we can be able to uh, we can be able to break down a lot of these barriers that have kept us um, interracially as far as like black immigrants and African-Americans be able to build that bridge so we can be able to connect more and become a stronger overall black population. So I know that was a long-winded overview, but 
that's what the show is about. And we try to just have a lot of fun and, and, and have some people come in and just share some really dope things that are doing. Um, we have some really, really awesome guests that are going to be uh, joining the show and really sharing, you know, all the amazing things that they're, that they're doing that you may or may not have heard of. So, I mean, it's going to be dope. And, and man, I'm just excited for all the things that's going to come with the show. Now, I got to give y'all an update, right? It's been a while since we've talked. So, you know, here's the team about me right now. Uh, you know, still doing my thing with work and still, you know, grinding and, and getting my research popping and working on grants and stuff. But we also are having a new addition to the family. So for most of you all who are um, longtime listeners, you all know that my wife is a frequent guest on the show, Dr. Wanda, and she is going to be on the show again this season but we are going to be expecting our second child and it's a baby boy and the baby will be doing a spring of 2020 so we have lots of new things that we're going to talk about as far as our pillow show um pillow talk conversations that we i know some of you all really love and a lot of the listeners are giving feedback about how much they love the pillow talk so that we're going to keep that going and we're going to bring in some new some new perspectives especially when it comes to raising this child from you know with family members that are from two different cultures that primarily don't necessarily have the strongest most positive perspectives about one another and being able to have this blended culture and how are we going to be able to raise this young black boy in this world um and he ha- and he can be able to take advantage and have the best of both worlds so it's going to be dope all right also when it comes down to it we also now have a new website blacktransnational.wixsite dot com slash podcast so we just put put launched our oh man we just launched our podcast website early this fall so you can check it out it has tons of information um some bios about our uh, from our former guests from season one Uh, we'll also have bios for our current guests who will be on season two you can check out my personal bio you can check out past episodes you can check out links to our uh, our instagram page you can check out the link to our twitter page so it's a good way f- for you to just kind of really get connected and get all you need to know about my blackest transnational on that website and if you're interested in being a guest on the show you can also fill out a form there's there's a way for you to contact us and you can fill out a form and you can send it to us and we can get back to you and we can schedule a time. And I really want to do more of that. Like I want to just talk to people who are interested in sharing their experiences. I don't need you to have no PhD. I don't need you to have no MD. I don't need you to have a JD. I just want you to be able to be confident enough to want to share your experience with everyone about your your, your transnational life or your want to be transnational or even your, your, your disdain for transnationalism. Maybe you don't, you're not feeling it. And I want to know why. And I want to know why if you're an African American or or an, or, an, or a black immigrant, and why you don't get along with someone who looks like you but represents a different culture. So I really just want to have normal conversations with you all, so that we can be able to dig deeper and unpack what you know transnationalism is and how we respond to it and how we practice or not or, or refuse to practice it. You know, so I'm just excited for all those things and and more to come for this particular season, but. We still got a, a main subject that we're going to talk about. So today's episode, we're going to talk about the concept of transnationalism. We're going to kind of do a refresher, especially for the new listeners. But we're also going to talk about xenophobia. 
I really think that's an important topic to talk about, especially because we just came off of Nigerian Independence Day. Nigeria is my home country. So, of course, you know, celebrating 59 years of independence um, from colonialism. But we want to talk about the concept of xenophobia and how xenophobia is affecting not just Nigerians, but also other people across the world and how xenophobia is affecting us here in the United States. And from a transnational perspective, we haven't, we're not escaping that concept anytime soon. So I really want to talk about how the concept of xenophobia is going to impact us. Um, and then we can be able to have many more conversations along the way. But this can be a nice fundamental, or I should say foundation block that we can use to kind of build. So that is coming up. But first, let's get through our formalities. If you'd like to follow me, kind of know what my life is about, you can follow me on Instagram at blacktransnational underscore. Uh, we also now have a Twitter page. You can follow that at black MB, I'm sorry, MB Transnational. That's the Twitter that's the Twitter handle. We don't have a Facebook page just yet, but we do plan on working on that too. I'm just slowly building ourselves up. I already mentioned the website, but I'll repeat it again. It's blacktransnational.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash podcast and there you can actually find all these platforms as far as ways to follow us on social media um, and then if this is your first time listening please subscribe you can find this podcast on any platform um, itunes spotify stitcher whatever you used to listen to podcasts you can find us there we'd also appreciate it if you rate and review the podcast we really want to hear your feedback as far as what you think about the show and you know what you think can be better if you enjoy it what content are you looking for uh, so please make sure to rate subscribe and review the show it is available um, on all platforms all right so let's get to the topic at hand so just a real quick refresher like what is transnationalism Right. So transnationalism, by definition, if you're talking about research scholars, is the process of movement and settlement across international borders in which individuals maintain or build multiple networks of connections to their country of origin while at the same time settling in a new country. Right. And that's by um, Susan Glick Schiller, uh, who is one of the founding uh philosophers and, and scholars when it comes to the concept of transnationalism. Uh, the way I define it and the way I utilize it in my research is the whole concept of dual and multinational citizenship, uh, not necessarily official documented citizenship, but the process of being uh, a dual citizen in both or multiple nations and acculturating more than halfway through, fully investing in it, not just physically but also emotionally and 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 being involved in both worlds traveling back and forth establishing communities here that continue to sustain and preserve the cultures from your your native uh, country of origin and adopting the new culture and your new land and then just negotiating space back and forth is how you continue to blend these experiences and and let it you know shape your cultural identity and your practices uh transnationalism isn't just a, a verb it's not just um, what you do it's not just you sending money back to your native country it's not just you traveling and spending uh, time in your native country and and not just eating the food and listening to the music transnationalism is an identity transnational is how you can identify because it's not just what who you are but it's what you do 
right? And our actions define us. So, uh, I, I, and then how we tie it into blackness is important because there's a tendency for people to tend to group all black people into one category. And because of that, they don't necessarily recognize the different subpopulations that exist in black Black America, we're in the United States, so we'll speak about it as far as U.S. is concerned. But we don't take into account all the different cultures that exist in in black, in black, in blackness. All right, and being black, there, there, there are you have people from the diaspora, from the islands. You have people who are you know African immigrants. You have people who are native-born African Americans. You have people who are uh, Afro-Cuban. You have people who are Afro-Latinx. Right, you have people who are black but they come from all these different parts of the world and they have they represent so many different cultures and a lot of times they come to this country and they still have strong ties to their native homeland just based off what they do based off what's available now we have so much technology that's out there that allows us to be able to still sustain and be involved in what's going on we can use whatsapp we can be able to communicate with family members right we can be able to use facetime and see family members we can be able to visit and and visit often visit for holidays we send money we and they send us stuff from the native homeland things that are reminiscent of home right so there's so many ways that we can continue to continue to preserve our culture continue to remain who we are in this case in my case remain nigerian right but we're still in america we're still doing the american things we're still living the American life, and to some people, the American dream, and for some people, the American nightmare, but we're still living that struggle, and we're still adapting and acculturating, but we're not fully letting go of who we are and our, and our native culture. We still find a way to blend both and, and, and navigate both worlds. We travel back and forth, and we bring the good from this country and take it to our homeland, and we bring the good from our home country and take it to our new land. So that dual citizenship is important. And that's that interconnectivity, and that's that movement back and forth as the scholastic definition kind of entails. So that's what transnationalism is. And because of how I just defined it, it opens up a world of possibilities as to how we explore different aspects of our lives, our social, our social network. It also focuses on how we talk about our health, how we focus on our finances, right? How do we go about with all these determinants of life that are important to us. And even when it comes to religion, spirituality, right? How do we bring all those things to help us be be able to build maybe better connections within the black population, right? Because not everybody is transnational, right? You have Native African Americans who don't have any connection to Africa, who may have um, different perceptions about what Africa is or what the Caribbeans are and, and, and what the islands, the diaspora is, and they don't have that bridge built yet. But they may want to build that bridge. So how do they go about pursuing that? Last season, we had a really, really good episode with Dr. Omavi Bailey who talks about the doorway of return and how African Americans and other people who identify as black go back to Sierra Leone I believe, and they go through the doorway of return where they are welcomed back and op with open arms um, by Africans and leaders and elders there uh, who practice the African you know, the African spirituality and they welcome descendants of slaves back home so that they are now rerouted back in Africa, 
right? And that bridge that's now created now makes you, to some degree, transnational. If you choose to continue to go back and forth, some people may just go to Africa once and come and never come back. You know, some people go to Jamaica and they make it a frequent visit. They they make it part of their lives. They make it who they are, part of their culture. They start to integrate their family members, their children, their partners, and this becomes part of who they are and the life that they choose to live. So transnationalism is a phenomenon that we are still unpacking. But what makes it more unique is that we are unpacking it in the black community, which is just a, a very overlooked and unexplored community for various reasons uh, we do have tons of researchers and people who do work as far as education and stuff like that but when it comes to the culture when it comes to really unpacking the relationships that exist and and the and the beef and the tension that exists intraracially between various subpopulations in the black in the black community there's so much that we need to talk about and i'm looking forward to having these various conversations with you but it also leads me now to transition to the whole concept of fear, right? You know, the whole concept of xenophobia. And that's important to talk about now because we've kind of talked about the good things that we can kind of take advantage of when it comes to going and traveling to multiple nations, going back and forth from one from your homeland to your native land, from your new land to your old land. Um, but when we talk about that whole concept of migration and traveling, I mean we don't talk about all the bad things that come with that as well, right? I mean, there's some individual things that we think about as far as stress and the stresses that come with having to manage lives in both worlds and relationships with family. But the fear as to how people receive us when we travel back and forth, when we are in a unique position of being able to travel back and forth, that concept of xenophobia is important. And it's it's become a hot topic now because of what's going on in South Africa. If you look in the news, you'll see reports about attacks related to South African blacks who are attacking Nigerians who are Nigerian immigrants in their country who are resettled there in that new land and still have strong ties to their native homeland in in Nigeria. So they're transnationals, maybe not in America, but they're transnationals in South Africa. And they are being slaughtered. They are being abused. They are being chastised and ostracized and, and terrorized. And I'm using all these big word salads. But that's just to emphasize just how the magnitude of the xenophobia attacks, xenophobic attacks, I should say. Now, what is xenophobia? Right. If we look up the definition, we understand that it's broken into two. You have the concept Zeno, which is the Greek, the Greek um, terminology for stranger. Right. And we all know that phobia is a fear. Right. So when you put the words together, it's the fear of a stranger. Right. And by definition in Webster, you see that it's the fear of someone who comes from a foreign land, someone that is unfamiliar to you. And because of that, it creates a, a, a fear, a trepidation that forces you to behave in a way that might be unfamiliar to who you typically are. Um, so let's 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 take a step back really quickly and, and talk, talk about this whole concept of xenophobia, especially what's going on here. I mean, there's a lot 
of clamoring that's going on. A lot of people are making a lot of noise and showing a lot of frustration. They're mad about the whole, you know, violence that's going on in South Africa. The hate that's being shown. And, you know, it's it's creating a lot of anger to the point where people in Nigeria, after hearing about all the things that's going on in South Africa, now we're burning down, you know, buildings and looting buildings and companies that were South African owned. Now, this isn't the first time that this issue of xenophobia has happened in um, in, 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 in these countries. Um, I mean, this has happened almost 15 years ago between South Africans and Nigerians. There's always kind of been this relationship uh, that South Africans and Nigerians have had. If you talk to old school Nigerians, they'll tell you that Nigeria was there when you know, South Africa was going through it and Nigeria and Nigeria supported South Africa uh, during their times of, of peril and frustration and all that stuff. And and South Africans will say the same that, you know, they, they look out, they brought in Nigerians and they took care of Nigerians when things were going bad for them during the times of the, uh, the martial rule when Nigeria was under military rule and all those things. Uh, so there's always back and forth. That's what politics is about. But the reality is that for those who don't know, we kind of get caught up in what's in front of us and we don't think about what happened in the past. When we think about this whole concept of xenophobia, it's not foreign, and I keep repeating that, because let's think about what happens with the whole concept of Ghana must go, right? I, I talked in the in the, the final episode of the uh, of this of the podcast about the whole Akata must go, but the, it, it was derived from the term Ghana must go. And for those who are um, West African, you know about the Ghana must go bag, which are these colorful, striped-looking, thin uh, material bags that have zippers that people, you know, it almost looks like one of those recycling bags, but it just has a zipper. The recycling bag that we all use now, those shopping bags that we all use now that are, that are reusable, I should say. That's kind of what it looks like, just a little thinner, and it has a, z- a zipper, and it's larger, right? I mean, but think about the history about that. Like, Ghanaians immigrated to the United States around the 70s and the 80s looking for a better life, knowing that Nigeria at that time was a prosperous nation, especially with the discovery of oil, came into that country trying to seek a better life. And they were repelled. (laughs) They were told to go away. The whole concept of Ghana must go act was sanctioned by the president at that time where all Ghanaians were forced to leave. And that was by force, right? And we don't even know. Let's, let's, not, let's take into account how history tries to define things. We don't really know all that went down and how they went about kicking Ghanaians back to their homeland or, or kicking them out of Nigeria. You know, definitely through violence, definitely by terrorizing, definitely by attacking them, right? So it's, it's not, this is not something where Nigerians are the victims here all by themselves, Right? The whole concept of xenophobia in Africa is is a big issue, just all across, because there is this territorial behavior that we have in African countries where we are scared that this person who looks just like you is coming in and taking advantage of their measly resources that are available, and you're fighting for scraps, scraps that have been left for you after your country has been colonized for years and years, and then after it's been dom- after you've been dominated, and then you left, and then that country, that colonizing country left and went on to do whatever and become a second or a first world, then you're now fighting for the scraps. 
And when someone else comes into your country, you're scared. You don't know who they are. They're speaking different. And you're you're attacking them. You're bringing out machetes and you're, you're, you're burning them alive. And you're doing all these things. These are the residual effects of colonialism. This is the product of the hate that has been instilled with us. The maliciousness that has been instilled in us. Because of our experiences, our ancestors' experiences, in my case, of colonialism, we now and, and it was a very powerful statement that I saw that I read by um, Yakum Fitz Henley, which talks about the whole concept of xenophobia as a as a hydra, right? And and a hydra, and it's not just your Avengers hydra, but a hydra is a serpent, a multi-headed serpent. Right, and it's it's it is this serpent, as, as I'll quote, a serpent-like sentiment that bleeds from our core and poisons those around us. And I felt that was a powerful statement because it is. I think this xenophobia is something that we were bitten by it. We were bitten by our experiences of harshness and colonialism, and we now have become a monster, a, a multi-headed snake. We have become, uh, we've, we've, we're feeding into our own poison and our poison is, is now being spread. We're spreading it to other nations, to other people that look like us, um, that, that, that have the same struggles as we do. And this is just in Africa, right? We're not even, ta- I'm not even gonna, ta- I'm gonna start talking about America in a few minutes, but this is just in African countries. We're not liking each other. We're, we're we're killing each other for for simple scraps because there's we're we're still trying to uh, we're not coming together and becoming an institution. We have yet to understand what institutionalization is doing um, as far as taking white people and and the majority. What's pushing them to be light years ahead of us when it comes to infrastructure? We have yet to really crack that code, and we're so distracted by the fear of the unknown, the fear of someone who's a stranger that we're willing to kill. We're willing to do heinous things to be able to just protect whatever scraps is ours. All right. So now let's let's take that concept and let's travel over the Atlantic Ocean and let's come to America and we talk about what xenophobia looks like here. All right. We see xenophobia here as far as just the American narrative. The conservative narrative, I'm not going to get too political, but just the fear of people who identify as Muslim. We see that all the time. The perception that people who are Muslim are terrorists. And and the fear of people from the Middle East that are Muslim are terrorists. And it leads to all these false stereotypes, these false narratives, these false assumptions about people that are just not true. Muslim is not like a race (laughs) like islam is a religion just like christianity is it's it it blows my mind how people are so ignorant to not understanding the fact that islam is not a race so your fear you're scared of a religion that's different right but you you calling people just muslim and hating muslims just because they, they, they fit a particular stereotype of what you think Muslim is, is stupid. Because you have people who are black, who who are white, 
to some degree who are Muslims. Islam means peace. That's the definition. And there's and, and, and it's so interesting that people who stand for peace, don't get me wrong, there's some people out there who, who are doing some very, very terrible things on behalf of their religion. But on the other side of the coin, Christianity and other religions aren't necessarily better at all. People have died in the name of Christianity. And if you don't believe me, just think of the slave trade. And, and what was the driving force behind that outside of economy? Christianity was the leading force behind that. So we can't add brand new when it comes to this whole thing, when it comes to xenophobia. Think about how black immigrants are welcomed into this country by people who look like us. Right. Let's let's dig deeper and talk about the relationship between African-Americans, native African-Americans and African or even black immigrants. You're not welcomed with open arms all the time. There's a lot of tension. A lot of African immigrants that I talk to will tell you that the people who welcomed them the most, especially those who came in like the 70s and 80s, the people who welcomed them the most were not the ones that looked like them. It was white people. They were open to their culture. They were open to their food. They were open to their language. They didn't make fun of them. They didn't they didn't they didn't uh chastise them. They didn't call them names. That fear of the unknown of someone that's different from you, that stranger. And it really think it really makes us think how do we embrace strangers? I think there there're two sides to this story. Right. And obviously I can speak on the other side as far as the African immigrant not truly understanding the African American struggle and us being strangers to one another and and how we 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 we, we simplify their experiences as far as slavery. We simplify the experience as far as the institutionalized racism that exists. We simplify their experience as far as the the, the poverty and, and the systematic oppression that exists that keeps native African Americans down. For years, we try to we try to crush and and denigrate. Let me stop using these big words. But we start we try to to try to make their water down their culture and make it seem like it's not authentic, and that's not true. Right. So there's two sides to the story, but this is a product of xenophobia. So it's not. This isn't anything. We can't just call it. You know, xenophobic behaviors that are based off of just people coming in and traveling and staying. This is happening now. This is still happening now. Right. There's still this fear of wanting to connect with immigrants. There's still this fear of immigrants not wanting to associate themselves with native black Americans. Right. I mean, even thinking about and, and, and those in the, in the islands aren't any different either. I mean, think about Jamaicans and their and the xenophobia that that has been happening against Chinese people who live in in Jamaica. Right? And those who are Jamaican understand what I'm talking about as far as the Chinese relationships uh, and the establishment of, of the Chinese folks in in Jamaica and the xenophobic actions that exist there, the terrorization of Chinese people who resided in Jamaica. Right, so there, there there's there's so many things that we need to unpack, and we'll continue to unpack. But how do we get better? How do we improve and and continue to work towards being less xenophobic and more? empathizing and more open-minded and more welcoming to being able to build that bridge and being able to understand what that bridge even is and being able to understand why we need that bridge 
because we as black people we need to understand that i mean yeah it's pretty obvious to say we're a minority here in the united states but all across the world we're a minority and even in our own continent we are minorities and we have yet to truly understand despite the fact that we are increasing in numbers the definition of minority is no longer related to quantitative representation it's no longer about just how many of us is there it's about power and how we perceive ourselves minority means that we feel powerless being identified as a minority means that we are subordinate to another group and because of the way that we pretend to, to, to be, feel like we're better than people who look like us, our brothers and sisters that share the same skin color and the same experiences as us, because we try to create this false sense of power, we are, we're just continuing to, to emphasize the fact that we are minorities. We don't understand the big picture that's at hand. We can't see it. We don't understand what's at stake. And it just shows our ignorance. Don't get me wrong, I understand there are resources that are limited. But we have the ability to be able to potentially, to potentially increase our opportunities and be able to multiply our resources if we decide to not just be ignorant because we don't know what we see in front of us. We don't know what's strange to us. And because the stranger is coming in, and being here and trying to make a life for themselves, we don't have to be territorial. We need to be embracing. We need to be welcoming. We need to understand how can we foster connections with where they're coming from because they're using their connections. They're using their transnational connections to their homeland to try to better themselves. Most immigrants that are coming in are trying to make a better life for themselves for the most part. And they're sending money back home. They have family that they're thinking about. Right. So so there's so many things that we as black people have ways to go. And here in the United States, the black on black relationship is strictly xenophobic as far as I'm concerned. Ain't nothing different. <laughs> like, let's not sit here and just put post about what's going on in South Africa and Nigeria and just say no to xenophobia. Let's not just do that. I understand it's a terrible issue. It is. And there's something needs to be done about that. But this is happening in our own backyards, and we need to be activists in that regard as well. We need to be able to say, hey, look, let's stop being xenophobic to one another. Let's stop hating one another because we don't know one another. The transnational experience really f focuses on the opposite of that, in my, in my opinion. And maybe I'm, I'm spinning it in that way, and that's fine because it's my passion, but the transnational experience focuses on embracing both worlds, focuses on trying to bridge that gap, focuses on saying, hey, look, I don't know this, but I want to know this. I don't know Africa. <laughs> Shit, I'm born in Nigeria, but that doesn't mean I know Africa either. I was only born in one, one sliver, one, one part of that wide, that vast continent. There's so many other things that we're trying to learn. And I think I encourage, I should say, us to focus more on trying to adopt these transnational concepts 
as a way to to quench and and fight and resist these xenophobic urges that we have that natural urge to want to to insult or bring down somebody that is different from us because of how they speak because of how you know of their experiences because they come from a different country because they're in your country we can't do what white people have done to us or other groups we can't continue to create that division amongst ourselves and that's what that is what is existing and that's what's causing a lot of tension so i hope that we can continue to 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 bridge that gap and use transnational actions to be able to fight xenophobia and 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 become that institution that i'm always preaching about that i do envision one day we will become that's why our black needs to be transnational Right, we need to be different, and we we are the future. The, I think we will inherit the earth, so we need to start sooner than later, before it's too late, before we continue to kill our brothers and sisters, and we're and we're no longer there. And the people who started this whole mess are just watching us. It's like Fight Club; it's, they don't say anything, no one speaks about it, but it's there. So. I'm going to stop there. So that's going to do it for this episode of My Black is Transnational. I'd like to thank you for joining me on the first episode of Season 2. Many more to come. Please be sure to check out our new website, blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at blacktransnational underscore. And if you just want to email me, blacktransnational17 at gmail.com I'm looking forward to so many wonderful conversations so many fun topics I hope that you enjoy this season um, please 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 provide your feedback by subscribing reviewing it and, and, and rate it you can find this podcast and past episodes on any of your favorite podcast listening apps my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts my black is transnational and I hope by the end of this yours will be too peace